Good morning, afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the True Potential Do More With Your Money podcast. We're on episode 61, over a year worth of uh, podcasts, which is um, in line with the uh, the lockdowns, pretty much. Um, so I'm joined by a, a star um, star panel today. We've got Mr. Jeff Casson, Steve Hutton, and we're joined by Stephanie Windsor today, one of our True Potential Wealth Management partners. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Jimmy. I think every we mentioned this just a couple of minutes ago, but I think everyone knows uh, Jeff and Steve. Uh, but uh, Steph, if you could maybe just give us a little bit of a, an introduction to yourself and uh, and our viewers. Of course, yes. Um, so my name is Stephanie Windsor. Um, I'm a chartered financial planner, um, and I have been providing wealth management and um, advice to to clients for over 30 years now, which is quite scary. Um, I joined uh, True Potential last June and really enjoying working with the company uh, really enjoying having the technology to back up um you know everyday advice so uh yeah all good fantastic and we didn't pay uh, stephanie to say anything like that so good <laughs> words did come directly uh, from her which is which is always uh, good news no so uh, good morning everyone i think jeff if we could just get started with your interest in week in the uh, markets please and give us a, a little update just in standard style yeah, no, no worries, uh, Jimmy. Um, in terms of the market this week, it's been quite, I suppose, quite nice. It's been less volatile than it's been over the recent weeks, particularly um, if we think about what's been happening in the bond market itself. So uh, a bit more stability there, which has been really good to see. And certainly we've seen sovereign bond yields move in quite a bit. So we look at UK gilts, we've seen the UK 10-year come in to, to 73 uh, basis points from 88 um, last week. So that certainly has helped um, give a bit of uh, stability into the bond market, but also into the equity market as well. So a much less sort of volatile journey in the equity markets this week. And we've seen that come through with the the VIX, which everybody's probably heard me talk about as the fear index. That's come back down to sort of a 20 level, which is the lowest level we've actually seen in the past 12 months. Um, so we've we've seen that, that move through into to equity markets. Equity markets kind of just moved sideways over the course of the week, no big change. The the rotation that we've been talking about and have seen really since the 9th of November with that value and growth dynamic, that, that's continued to be there. Um, maybe not as evident at times this week, but certainly if we look at it uh, year to date, uh, value has certainly been a much stronger performing style than, than growth. And that, that has continued to hold. A bit of challenge in that this week around just the financials and also sort of the energy side of, of, of the market coming under a little bit more uh, weakness as we saw the oil price drop 11% at the beginning of the week. Um, and then as, as bond yields have come in, it's, it's slightly less supportive for financials, but still remains very, very positive for them. I think the other thing to sort of uh, been reflecting on this week, it's really a year of, of lockdown. It's a year since uh, equity markets bottomed out on the, the 23rd of, of March uh, last year. And that has, uh, if you think about it, returns have been exceptionally strong from equity markets over that period. So global equities up some sort of 50% um, over that period, which is a uh, a strong return by anybody's um, sort of thought process, but really taking a step back from that, thinking about it, you know, what what have we seen over that 12 months? We've seen you know, a lot of central bank support. We've touched on that many times on, on these podcasts and within morning markets. We've seen 
real fiscal uh, impetus coming through from governments, both you know, and contrasting styles as well. Um, the US has certainly put much more fiscal uh, support into their economy than we've seen from the likes of Europe. And that's one of the trends that's becoming uh, more evident in, in asset markets as well over recent weeks than that we've got this dichotomy between US growth likely to be 6.5% this year, European growth likely to be 3%. So we're seeing US growth revised up, but we're seeing European growth revised down. And that's creating some quite interesting tailwinds or headwinds for, for sectors and economies, depending how one thinks about it. I think the other thing I just wanted to sort of reflect on is just the, the speed of innovation that we've seen over that that 12 month period. We think about the innovation that we as a business have have brought brought through in terms of digital DMO, the complete movement away from, from paper within that. That's that's the innovation at, at the heart of our business. But if we think about vaccinations and the speed of which vaccinations have been developed over over that period, it just really speaks to technological innovation change working its way through and consumption patterns have, have really changed and it was brought home to me this morning just looking at UK retail sales for, for February and yes we've seen a bit of a, a pickup in, in retail sales about 2% month and month but digging into the, the data the really interesting thing is just the amount of, of sales that are online so we've got 36% of sales online uh, for the month of February looking at the, the data if we go back to, to February last year it was only 20% so there is a, a step change really and well we've been forced to do it we're all sitting in this street well maybe less strange environment given it's the 60 odd episode but we're all sitting doing it in this this format maybe not surprising that a large swathe of sales have transitioned online but does that go back to normal and that'll present an interesting uh, challenge for us all to think about going forward as economies do uh, do reopen. I think just on the vaccine side, one other thing that's just interesting overnight um, in the US, um, if you remember back when, when Biden came in, he talked about um, 100 million vaccination doses in 100 days. They've actually achieved that ahead of time and he's, he's now up that to 200 million doses in, in 100 days, which again contrast that with, with Europe, um, quite a significant difference there. But just those are some of the things that we've been uh, chatting about as a team this week, also bringing to life, I think, in the in the morning markets videos as well. Thanks, Jeff. And actually, it was it was interesting. I when you when you see um, you get your memories on your Facebook and your Instagram, you look at a year ago, the, the different position that we were in and from. And I think, Stephanie, you'll probably remember this a little bit. But last year, I spent a lot of time talking to clients on the phone. Steve, you probably did, which was really just stay in your seats you know we've seen these sorts of things happen before markets do come come back uh, and it's interesting just looking a year from today if you look at the dow jones as an as an example um it's up 50 percent from from a year and it just shows you all these messages that we were saying in the discussions you have with clients about this is a long-term game this is a long-term um, investment actually was was such an important message at the time to clients um, and steve I don't know, you, you spent a lot of time on, on webinars with advisors and explaining about this, but I don't know if you've got anything to add to that, but I just found that, that pretty interesting. Yeah, it's been um, it's been an interesting year, hasn't it? I mean, like Stephanie, I've been around a long time, not 
No disrespect, Stephen. Um, <laughs> obviously, you can tell from me I've been around a lot longer. You're wearing all better than I am. But um, I'll save. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's been a year like I've never known before. And the thing I think to think about markets is don't be seduced by the huge gains when we're talking about 50%. Equally, don't be frightened by the, you know, the sometimes steep uh, corrections. I think it, it all ties into making sure that you've got your risk attitude and, and your risk appetite sort of outlined and correctly uh, functioning. And, and talk to your advisor because, um, you know, we're, we're looking at returns for people who are looking for income. And since 2008, this has been a really difficult quest for a lot of people, you know, and I think when you default to cash, if you're frightened of the markets, it can be really damaging to your sort of long-term financial health, but it does feel like a safety blanket. And we've, we've all said it before, cash isn't the safety blanket. Um, certainly if you've got your goals planned and you've got your attitude to risk sort of understood and established, then it, you know, it probably includes a little bit of cash, but not a lot. So if you've got a portfolio or some cash holdings that are heavily weighted that way, you should be talking to your advisor about how you can put this money to better use. Um, and I know we're going to talk about allowances, et cetera, and it's sort of been my bugbear through the whole of the year that we need to make sure people are aware of the attractive uh, tax allowances because they're not here forever. And as Jeff has outlined, you know, the, the, the support that the markets and economies have had from governments has to be paid back or has to be attempted to be paid back. It'll probably never get paid back. But, you know, there has to be some kind of semblance of, uh, you know, we're showing willing to pay back this national debt. And it will come uh, in part from the tax allowances of people who, that well-worn phrase by politicians have the broadest shoulders uh, so you might not think you've got broad shoulders but <laughs> you probably they probably think you have so you know use your tax allowances while they're available um because they won't be here forever i think about the last year being you know such an unusual year is is so very true and you know hindsight's a wonderful thing isn't it but what we had i think you know this time last year we had this terrifying fall, um, but the year has really shown how resilient the markets are. You know, we had a situation that we didn't know whether it was it was following the same kind of normal kind of V-shaped correction, um, because we had governments, you know, shutting down economies to save people's lives. So this has shown, after even such a you know such drama, you know, the, the markets have come back and are much more resilient than you know than than we could you know be initially led to believe. So yeah, so I think it's it's really good. From your, from your point of view, Stephanie, as well, for for you as an advisor, it's probably had to adapt significantly with the way you work and speak to your clients. Oh, um, I, I presume you were, a lot of your, your appointments were face to face and have now went to this sort of environment where we're using Teams and Zoom, etc. How has that how has that affected you in terms of sort of changing the way you work with you, with your business? Well, I think that was one of the um, the main drivers for um, myself and my business partner to join True Potential, um, simply because we needed better technology. We needed better service from um, the providers we were using, you know, to support our clients with platforms, etc. Um, the service just wasn't there. Um, and we have this amazing, you know, technology solution where we can, you know, share a screen, we can look at, you know, how a portfolio is um, performed, you know, uh, since inception in the last uh, period, um, and really help um, our clients plan for the future. Excellent. Yeah, it's it's been a. I think it's as we, David uses the word anti-fragile. Uh, David Harrison, which it is, it's how you react to the 
the changes and I think we've reacted really well as a business. Um, okay, let's um, let's switch to the uh, today's podcast topic, which is um, tax year end. I kind of I thought, how do we describe tax year end to viewers uh, for us as a business? And it's kind of like um, I don't know working for John Lewis during um, Christmas time in terms of how busy it gets for us um, in terms of clients. And what you find is you've got this full year to to utilise allowances, uh, but there tends to be that sort of six weeks of um, I wouldn't say panic's the right word, but that's six weeks of making sure everyone's utilised this before we go to the next uh, tax year. So it's always a really, really busy period for us, but quite a, quite a nice and exciting time. Steve, we'll, we'll start with you, if we, if we may, please. Um, I think last chance of, of, of really just telling our viewers and listeners how important it is um, if, you, you know, if you do have cash sitting in there of, of utilising your allowances um, and, and what them allowances are. Yeah, um... You're right, Jim. It probably is the last week that we bang the drum so sort of feverishly about about allowances. However, I think after this week, it sort of goes into talking about making sure you know your longer term planning with your goals. Isn't, but there is a certain element of you know immediacy to the tax allowances. Some of them you can use. You know, as a, you know if you don't use them, you lose them. Uh, some of them you can utilise, you know, carrying back previous years, reliefs and bringing them forward. And it's people like Stephanie that you need to talk to uh, to utilise that because you, you could be missing some previous years tax allowances, particularly around pensions that you haven't used. But, you know, the key sort of message is it's twofold. There are some and even if they stay the same, you lose them if you don't use them this year. But generally, I think the pension tax allowances, there's been a lot of news this week about going to a flat rate uh, pension allowance. Um, Now, obviously, if you're a higher rate taxpayer or an additional rate taxpayer, if someone, and I've said this before, if someone was to say to you, if you make an investment, you will get a 45% boost in the first year, you'd bite their hand off. Well, that is what's available. So, you know, consult your advisor or make, go online and look at your portfolio and make the investment because, that won't be around forever. And if they go to a flat rate, they're thinking around about 30% as a flat rate. Um, it hasn't happened yet. And the budget statement, the, pre, the sort of post statement this week didn't mention it. It doesn't mean to say it, that it's off the table. Unfortunately, this government have a, have a habit of sort of saying one thing and then just in the wires, letting out what they really want to do. So it's, you know, the, the thought of this flat rate has not gone away. So certainly if you're an additional or higher rate taxpayer, you absolutely should be looking at this allowance and looking at allowance parts of it you haven't used in previous year. There's £40,000 a year, but you can bring some back from previous years. Um, so you look at that, you've got your ISA allowance of 20000 as an individual, so you should be looking at that. You should also look at some of your more important allowances as well, such as capital gains tax. You know, that's a very popular tax for, for governments to have a go at because it's seen as the tax of the rich and it's not anymore everybody so please you know with, with equity price increases and property price increases you know you could have a significant capital gains tax liability when you wouldn't even presume you're in that sort of sphere of of wealth if you like and um, so please um, look at your analysis talk to your advisor and get to use them because post April 5th we can talk about making sure your goals are aligned and you're, you're building for the future but like I say, there is this immediacy and it would be so, you know, you would kick yourself if you've missed the chance to use your allowances. But if you don't understand them, and I know if you look, if you go on the Gov um, site, it is quite confusing. I was trolling through it this morning and, you know, I've been in financial services for 35 years. It can be quite confusing finding your way through them and thinking, how do I fit into their dividend income and, okay, properties and, oh, you know, you go and consult a professional. You've still got time before the 5th of April, by the way. 
and um, with this the medium of technology they can make appointments and they can talk to you pretty quickly so please you don't sit on your hands and if you've got money sitting in cash i keep saying what a great time to to get a, a boost from the government and get some tax tax relief added to it by making an investment I think yeah, it's worth it's worth just plugging at, at this point, um, sort of areas and, and sort of easy ways of if you want to put money in your ISA or your pension, uh, we do have the impulse uh, functionality via the website. Um, give your advisor a call or the team a call, but that's the the nice and easiest way to sort of add them last minute um, sort of pennies to your to your allowances because if you know you're never going you're never going to get it back when it comes to ISAs. Um, so it's it's important that you you do utilise them if you if you plan on doing so. And I think Stephanie, just coming across to you. So we we speak a lot about um, ISAs versus pensions and what the benefits are and and why we would use them. And and me as an advisor, I would uh, I would always think there's there's advantages to both products and depending on the client how you would utilise them. How do you sort of discuss with your clients um, when you're talking about what's the best product to to place your funds in? So I think you should absolutely always use your pension allowance first, as much of that allowance as you can use, um, because this is this is free money from the government, and we don't know how long that tax relief, you know, um, at the rates that they that it is currently is going is going to last. Um, and um, if you're saving for retirement, a pension is still the most tax efficient way to do that. So definitely use that pension allowance. The other thing as well, if you are a high earner, so if you have a salary of over 125,000, you're going to use lose your personal allowance, that 12,570 pounds in this year that, um, you know, we get, you know, we get to be able to earn um, not pay tax on our earnings for that amount. Sorry. <laughs> um, so um, if you don't want to lose your personal allowance, you can make an additional pension contribution to bring your salary down mm. and you get tax relief on that additional the additional contribution as well. Um, so definitely something to think about. If you are a couple and together you earn more than 50,000, it may be that your child benefit allowance um, is going to be reclaimed. Again, an additional pension allowance you're going to um, gain from the tax relief, but it might just bring you down to a position where you, you know, you will keep your your child benefit. So there's lots of ways to use that pension um, allowance that you have every year to help provide you with even greater tax savings. Um, the other thing as well is think about your children, perhaps. So if you have some money sitting around and it's in cash, interest rates are terrible. So the return that you're going to get from a bank account has never been lower. So if you have some money and you're thinking about children's uh, a children's future income, a, a children's pension um, is a great thing to, to perhaps look at. You can make a contribution of £2,880 for every child and the government will top that up by £720. So it's, uh, you know, an often overlooked way to help your children save for the future children's ISAs as well. Again, if the money's sitting around in a, a savings account, it could be working much harder and maybe help support your children's future. Um, yeah. yeah I, I think I think actually so what, what's really interesting there, Stephanie, is that there is lots of good ways and lots of good ways of planning. Um, and just uh, that sort of initial conversation with your advisor, whether it's an ongoing basis or, or just looking at these abilities. And I think this is not just about this tax year, but maybe it's going into next tax year, starting a bit earlier. You can see, you know, just some examples that you've um, that you've said there. 
that can really help and significantly um, help clients when it co- comes to um, investing money. I think just switching it. Sorry, Jeff. Jimmy, I just wanted to tie it, tie it back to something we touched on there right at the start about why have, have sovereign bond yields been sort of backing up a little bit? Well, twofold. One, it's about views on an improvement in, in economic growth, but it's also concerns about inflation. Mm. And if we think about the, the inflation backdrop that we, we may or may not be moving into, but what do we know? We know that sitting in cash with inflation even at 2% or 25 3%, that's that's a very big headwind for for cash. So whilst cash is, as we've discussed, may feel a comfortable thing to have, in in real terms, if we've got inflation of anything above zero, you're actually seeing your your cash being eroded. So it's, I think, to think about it from that perspective as well is 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 really important. And just to to, to sort of back up what Steve and, and and Stephanie have been saying there, it is about you know keeping a view on yeah it feels comfortable but actually with any form of inflation you're getting your your cash eroded so really really think about that it does feel as if it does feel as if inflation is waiting in the wings i mean it has done for a while i I take that on board but it does feel and now the first signs i think are there jeff as you said that inflation is starting to tick up a little bit you think of all this stimulus to the economies and it just feels (laughs) there's got to be inflation rig and Casting my mind back, it, it feels that it won't just creep up. I feel that if it does start to move, it could actually incrementally move quite quickly. So mm. you've always got to be mindful that inf- inflation is the biggest toxin, if you like, on your savings. Um, and it, you know, it could catch you unawares, as it were, I think. And, and I suppose we've had, you know, post 80s, we've had you know, 30 years of falling inflation rates. And a lot of people don't really appreciate that inflation can turn the other way. And, and be quite detrimental, even if it, it doesn't have to move back up to the, the inflation rates that we saw in the 70s and 80s. It only has to move up to, to somewhere um, that's, that's double um, where it is today. And it's quite a big headwind um, for, for, for people to think about. And it's a, it's a very different environment, but it's, it's worth, yeah. worth keeping in mind. We've got a generation of people who have never seen. Uh, never seen yeah. And uh, I think you're having a go there, Jeff, weren't you, that suggesting that some of us might know and remember the inflationary times in the 70s and 80s. Not, not at all. Not at all. Um, it's, I think as well, everybody's concerned about, you know, money they have in the bank at the moment because, you know, those interest rates are so low. Um, and there's so many people with cash ices and that money's just not working very hard for them. As an advisor, when people come to uh, retirement, reach that retirement age or or just before retirement, actually, so before that kind of traditional age of 60 or 65, you might want to ease into your um, kind of retirement much more slowly. And one way to do that is to use all of your savings accounts together to provide you with the most tax efficient income. So when you come to um, your, you know, that age where you're starting to look at accessing funds, you know, may you be going down from a five day week to a three day week, then what we start to do is look at where, how can we increase the income for you? How can we bridge that gap? So we look at your ISA, maybe, you know, we'll take an income free, a tax free withdrawal from your ISA. Maybe we will take some money from your uh, pension up to your personal allowance. Maybe if you have a general investment account, just, you know, another type of investment, 
but when you withdraw that, it's a capital gains um, uh, payment. All of this we put we pull together to provide you with the most tax efficient income when you come to retirement. So it's desperately important to use that ISA allowance every single year because if we don't if we don't use it, we lose it. Yeah, I think that's a, a regular saying that we've we've definitely said a few times on this is is use it or lose it. And I think I think one one thing I would say uh, from this is when you're thinking about next year. So when I say next year, next as in a couple of weeks away, the next tax year is actually what is the best way of of saving at that ISA. So I, I you know I always recommend clients to do on a regular basis. So looking at that regular savings, that regular contribution to your pension, because yes, it's it's a little bit easier when you know you just see it as a another direct debit that's coming out of your bank um, on a regular basis but you're benefiting th on things such as pound cost averaging um, which is a is a really helpful area but it's a lot easier to put a, so a little bit amount than putting 10 fifteen thousand pounds in your ISA at the end of that period uh, and I would I would always recommend looking at that that regular saving methods Steph just 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 keep into yourself um, we're, we are a huge advocate of goals and I am when I advise clients um, it's always a thing that it's Sometimes you, you have clients come towards you and I, I want to transfer my pension or I want to invest some money and I can take a step back and say, well, actually, what do you want to do this for? What's your objective? You know, when do you want to retire? How much do you need? And I think these are really important areas. How do you work with clients from a, a goal setting uh, perspective, especially with using allowances? Yeah, well, actually, this is the most this is the most exciting part. So we often have people come to us and say, oh, I'm never going to be able to retire. I'm, I'm not going to be able to retire until I'm 65. And then you start to look at, you know, maybe a range of smaller pensions that people have built up over their working lifetime. And, and I think there was a survey that um, said that most employees in the UK now, because of workplace pensions, will have four or five different pots of money, you know, that they don't know what to do with. Do they bring them together? Do they keep them separately? So what we can do is look at those and see if it's prudent, it's the right thing for that, it, that individual to bring those together. And then what we do is we look at how much is affordable for that uh, person to pay into that, that investment, that pension um, each month, each year. Um, and we look at when they're going to retire, how much they will need, you know, what their state pension will look like. You know, have they always worked in the UK? Will they get a full state pension um, as well? Um, and really, we can show, given some kind of... Um, projections on uh, uh, returns to the fund actually what that the, what that pot of money is going to provide and that's the exciting bit because all of a sudden all, all everything slots into place and and you can see that actually there is an income that can be provided and what that pension pot means the true potential site has fantastic um, uh, goal setting tools on it so it's very easy to work with a client to, to see so how when do you want to retire or when do you want to start accessing your investments for the first time um, and how do we do that in the most tax efficient way um, and how do we make the most of your allowances along the way yeah no it's it's it is and I think if you haven't got a goal set on your website it's it's worth um, it's worth actually looking at that Jeff you, you had something to say there I think no, I was just I was just thinking that exactly as Stephanie was saying, it's really important for everybody to to think about all of those avenues of of opportunity that there are there, and to to really, as as we've been discussing, really the importance of of getting advice for anybody that that wants it, and to make sure that they go and get it, um, because um, 
it, it, it's difficult to, to navigate your way around. There was just what Stephanie was saying around the, the children's pension mm-hmm. dynamic there. I was thinking to myself, that's maybe something that I should be looking at and, and thinking about. And there we go. We, you, you can pick up you know, just the tips like that from, from doing the podcast like this. But um, for everybody, it, it's really worthwhile to go and get that, that advice and, and information that, that's really needed to make those informed decisions. I think Jeff, it's worth it's worth saying, and this is the you know why we always have you know someone from maybe potentially true potential wealth management, which is the advisor arm, and then true potential investments, is the difference of of what the experts can do for you. So when you look at your financial advisor side, you've got these these sort of um, this advice in terms of showing people of, of why you need to save, the importance, the tax advantages, looking at filling your allowances, the best way to draw your money. And that's the real job of a financial advisor. And then on the other side is, is how your money's working for you is from the investment management side, which is growing in line with the risk that you discuss for your financial advisor. And that's what that's what we do with True Potential. You have your team and an expert that really is just looking to sort of manage that money um, to grow in line with your with the risk category the advisor set. And it's it just shows you the two different experts of, of what you've got within your proposition. I don't know, Steve, you've got anything to add to that. Yeah, I think the point I'd like to make is um, everybody has goals. You might not think you've got a goal, but, you know, you want to retire at some point. It's it's almost like, um, you know, expressing that you've got an addiction. You've, the first stage is to try, articulate what your goal is and, and someone can help you bring this out sort of, oh, yeah, that is a goal. So I do need to have a There's a financial point in the future that I need to be aiming towards. It might not be retirement. It is generally with everybody let's not kid ourselves but you might have i don't know a daughter's wedding i didn't have any daughters so i'm hoping i'll never as a yorkshire never have to pay for a wedding um but you know i think they might catch me out on that one um but (laughs) you do have a goal so it's helping that your advisor will help you sort of coax out what your plans are what you're saving towards and there's a little bit of adjustments fine tuning you know in the sailing terms again just you know altering the sales a little bit will help you get there earlier. Maybe as Steph was saying, you go into a phase kind of environment where you, you that would be lovely for some people to sort of say, yeah, I'll just, I'll phase into retirement over five years or whatever. So don't, don't be worried. Talk to a financial advisor. They are skilled in bringing out the sort of um, ways you should move forward and how you should structure everything towards it. Um, I just, you're right, Jeff. I saw you writing down when Steph was talking about your children's pensions. I completely, I probably didn't even know about that, to be honest, because it was, you know, I have no concern. I'm thinking, crikey, I've got friends who've got young children. We should be telling them about it, etc. So, yeah, it, there's lots going on that you, you're not because you might be a butcher or a, I don't know, whatever. Go and talk to a financial advisor and help you find what uh, what allowances and, and how you should structure your goal planning. Excellent. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. Um, Right, I just I, I want a slight change of uh, of tact here because there's some being in, some interesting news um, stories this week, and I, I just wanted to get Jeff's view on this. Um, so we've got a big boat stuck in a river. I think that's the best way to describe it. Um, <laughs> and it's it, I didn't realise how popular that. I think it's every it's 50, 50 container ships it goes through that that part of the canal every day. So that yeah. must be a huge. Um, you know, I don't know that. I don't know how you move it something of that size but that's gonna have a huge effect on um sort of trade and, and moving trade and how, how does that how does that affect the markets yet it, it ties into a couple of actually the things that we've been we've been touching on here so you're right it's a crucial trade route so um if we think about global trade and we think about those big containers that move about 
30% of the world's container volume goes through the Suez Canal. Wow. We think about it from a global trade perspective, 15% of global trade uh, moves through that canal on an annual basis. So it's um, crucially important to move goods from west to east. And why is it crucially important? Because, well, without it, you have to take the boat down around Africa and back up. Uh, which, if you think about just the cost of that, um, from a, a chartering of the vessel, also the amount of additional fuel that one needs to do that, um, goes straight back to what we were talking about. It's inflationary. Yeah. Um, so uh, how do you, the, sort of the shippers recoup that? They put up their rates. How do the people that recoup and use the, the containers recoup it? They put up their end prices. And it draws drop into um, what we end up paying at some point in the future. So it's um, been quite a, a week for them to try and figure out how to, to move what something, I think somebody says it's the length of three football pitches. So yeah. it's quite amazing how one gets that sort of at that angle in, 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 a, in a canal that is uh, perfectly straight. So um, it might make some interesting videos to see it removed or, or straightened up again, but um, it will have an impact on, on trade the longer it sits there. And so it's as much as it's uh, I think it's it does have comedy value, the real value of it or the, the, the real implication of it is that it it will impact um, already stretched supply chain. So if we think about what's happened in the past 12 months, there's been real disruption to supply chains. We've had ships in the wrong place, containers in the wrong place because there hasn't been demand to move them about. And this on top of that, will just exacerbate that challenge. So one of the things that you, we can look at on the, the, the terminals that we look at is just freight rates and, and the price for, for hiring um, a boat effectively to move cargo around, and that continues to, to, to move up. And it ties back to that theme of, of inflation, but it's also something that's been evident in, you, you'll have heard us talk on our, our morning markets about uh, PMIs, purchasing managers indices that indicate how managers, buyers are thinking about the future. They have been talking about cost pressures over the past three to four months. And again, something like this just maybe incrementally adds to that. But then again, it might all be a, a non-event. They might move it over the weekend and we move through and it's only 10 or 12 billion that's stuck there. But um, it's often things like that that, that sort of blindside us. I don't think anybody would have ever thought a ship will get stuck there and block one of the main um, trade routes um, globally. Cool. I, I, a couple of things are going through my head, which is it'd be interesting to sort of be a fly in the wall next to the captain as he did that. Um, and the second thing is, I think the, the way to get that out is we should get 50 to 60 Range Rovers, some rope, some tool bars. <laughs> I'm pretty convinced that'll do the trick. I'm pretty convinced it won't, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, the thing is, it's uh, people who do a bit of sailing will realise that uh, how, how you know difficult wind can be. I know that sounds you know all the double entendres there, but um, it probably only moved it about what 45 degrees. But it was the margin for error. Um, it's just and you're getting it off because there's there's a semi it's almost semi tidal is is the Suez Canal, so as the tide comes in it brings a lot of silt with it. So when you've got the the bow stuck in the bank, it'll silt up. So they're trying to sort of dredge. They've got some fun and games going on there. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm a, I 
did a bit of sailing and uh, do a bit of sailing. And I remember once going into a harbour and we were all, you know, we'd had a few sherbets on the way in and we'd been drinking gin since lunchtime, thinking a lovely, beautiful Greek sunny day and the wind kicked up and we ended up going in sideways and the, the boat we went across, um, you wouldn't believe this, but we sort of went across that anchor and they're obviously anchored in and they're having lunch and, or sort of afternoon aperitifs and having great fun. And of course, the goon family come storming in, you know, and go across them. And they walked to the front and they were from Bradford, where I'm from. Can you believe it? And it was a hello. I'm like, oh, I can tell where you're from. And so they, you know, the language was quite, you know, so we sort of said our pleasantries and uh, left. We didn't we didn't even anchor up for the night. We kind of untangled ourselves, uh, pulled their anchor out. So their evening was ruined. They had to go out and come back in again. And off we went. And uh, hopefully I in the shops and, and the tent, um, lockdown's been great because there hasn't been the risk of meeting that family in Bradford. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a little bit of wind when you're sailing can be yeah, very difficult. It's the moral of the story. Avoid wind. <laughs> in all directions. I wonder where that was going. I think I, I extricated myself from that reasonably well, didn't I? So thank you. We'll try and move on pretty quickly. Okay, we'll, we'll just um, we'll finish off just on the on the questions. I think um, I think from we'll start with you, Stephen, and then Steph, then Jeff. Just really just a, a final plug on on the importance of allowances and and just uh, completing them. So we'll start with you, Steve. Yeah. Um, the, the the point is, I think we've we've banged the drum about about the importance of them and using them. But this, whilst we're still in lockdown, and we are, don't forget, for another month probably at least, it, you know, we, we're getting released gradually um you do have a bit of time on your hands uh, you are sat behind a screen um you know utilize it use that screen time to get in touch with your advisor or go online if you think you can do it without an advisor and use your allowances you know use that extra time you've got because i'm sure once the weather gets slightly better looking out the window it's not today but um the weather's going to get better you're going to be you know you're going to have to cure your agoraphobia and go out again um then before the 5th of April, you're still not free. Utilise that time and, and take some time just to dedicate it to looking after your financial health and wealth in the future by looking at your, uh, your tax allowances. And Stephanie? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we still have time to use up those allowances. So um, have a look at if you've used up all of your allowances uh, for this year and then definitely for pensions, have a look at, you know, if you've used all your, your potential allowances for the previous year as well. If you are a high earner and you're restricted, sometimes we can use uh, previous allowances there to help your situation as well in this year. So there's lots we can do for this year and looking back. And don't forget the children as well, because they grow so quickly um, and there's lots of time usually that we have that we can grow, you know, a very small pot of money quite dramatically. So, yeah. Excellent. Jeff? Yeah, well, I'm off to investigate the, the, the children's side of things. So that, that's me. But what I'd also just say to, to everybody else is just, well, it's perfectly highlighted the, the importance of getting getting advice, going off and either starting the work yourself or, or picking up from others what you can do. But the role that the advisors can play in that is is crucial. So, yeah, if you're not sure, go and, go and get some advice as to what's the best course of action. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I think some some really fantastic comments and points there, and hopefully viewers and listeners can um, um, take advantage of that. So, Steve, are you um, crashing boats this weekend, or what's? You've never told me this story before, so I've, I've, that's I've achieved good. I've achieved something that I'm quite proud of. Okay, I've gone two weeks without making an online purchase from Amazon or anywhere. So, 
I was, I did, well, I said last night it's two weeks. I was reminded it was only Thursday night. So, I, and I, I could recommend everybody for a bit of fun, do a, an Amazon audit of what you've bought in lockdown. It'll frighten you. I bought things, um, I bought uh, solar powered uh, sprayers that spray. We've got a fox family of foxes in the garden and I don't want them trashing it. So I'm humanely trying to scare them off with a water cannon. And I've got an infrared solar powered water cannon, but I had it on repeat at Amazon. So it was coming every two weeks. And I'm like, jeez, having to send these. They must think I've got some kind of, you know, army of water-powered cannon going off in the garden. So yeah, I'll be doing an audit of my purchases and making sure I've sent back everything that we don't need. <laughs> what about you, Stephanie? You got any plans for the weekend? Not nearly as exciting as an Amazon audit. Um, I'm planning some gardening um, and uh, yes, yeah, some new some new flower babes. Yeah, I've heard it's it's obviously it's the best weekend to do gardening. I was I was watching on the television this morning, and that prompted my wife to say, "I think we should do something," which really means I think you should do something. Um, <laughs> so I think I'll probably be doing the doing the same. Uh, Jeff, any plans? Um, well, probably similar to Stephanie, might try and do something out in the garden. Um, but hopefully, if the weather stays, get out in the bike as well for a few miles as it, as the weather's starting to get a bit warmer. So it's it's nicer to be out in the bike again. Yeah, I think last time we were on the um, podcast together, Jeff, you were you were doing miles for a charity, were you? Yeah, yeah. Did you? So did I did my, I did my. Well, I I, I signed up to do two hundred and fifty miles for the the, the Doddy Weir uh, yeah. charity, but I managed to get to two hundred and five uh, oh. by the time of the Calcutta Cup came round. So that was that was good enough for 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 me. But yeah, it'd be nice to get to the two fifty, but it was just a a step too far in the evenings. I think I think Jeff, when um, when we're back in the in the office and and you can do your your morning market videos um, again back in in TP head office, you should wear a Doddy Weir suit. <laughs> I think that would suit you very much. Um, maybe not maybe it's not what it is because I don't think you know I think it might be a little bit too big for you. Maybe a bit, maybe a bit on the large side. Uh, but quite an amazing. Uh, he trained me when I was younger as a when playing rugby a couple of times. Quite an amazing amazing guy. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, okay, well, thank you very much, everyone. Um, hopefully that uh, was a useful useful session. I think I, I definitely found it useful, and as did uh, Jeff and Steve learning something new from, from Stephanie. Uh, thank you, Stephanie, for attending uh, today and, you, and um, your sort of valuable advice that you, you give to ourselves and our, uh, our viewers. And um, please uh, like, subscribe um, to, the, to the podcast. Um, we're, we're here to try and give you sort of help and, and tips every every week so it's uh, it's really sort of giving us giving us the sort of feedback is uh, really helpful so thank you very much everyone have a great weekend uh, speak to you soon thank you thank you thank you subscribing to true potential youtube channel is quick and easy simply go to your youtube app on your phone type in true potential and press the red subscribe option you'll then be notified as and when new videos are released